Welcome to the Christ Academy podcast with Jeff Wong, where you'll receive inspiring ideas and stories as we explore the journey of faith in Christ. All right, guys, this is Acts 20. And today I want to talk about the attributes of a leader as we look at the Apostle Paul's life in Acts 20. And so, God, would you give us wisdom as we listen to your scriptures, as we read your scriptures? Would you give us revelation? Would you encourage us? Would you show us more about what it is to be a good leader as we look at the life of Paul? And thank you for Paul. Thank you for your word. Thank you for our community. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we'll head straight into the scripture. So Acts 20, that means, guys, that we are eight chapters away from finishing off this book. It's Thank you for journeying along with us. I know for some of us, it's been a really challenging book to go through because of a lot of historical, geographical, cultural details that we're unfamiliar with. But way to plug in and way to, to challenge yourself and to get through this book. Eight more chapters. We're going to be taking a break in our life groups in mid-July. We'll talk about that in the announcements. We'll also take a break um, from this Empty 12 Talk series at that time um, as well. And we'll, we'll replace that with something else that we'll tell you more about. All right, so so life groups and Sunday services or Empty 12 Talks will still be in sync. Still be in sync. Okay, so let's go to Acts 20, and we're going to key on verses 7 to 19. And in 17 to 19, I want to give you a little bit of context. Paul calls on the church elders from the from the church community that was in Ephesus to come and join him. He wants to have a chat with them. He wants to talk with them as fellow leaders. And so we, we get to this verse here, and there's many details in this ver- in this particular chapter, but we're only going to look at these first few verses. So verse 17 says, In Miletus, he, or Paul, sent word to the church in Ephesus, asking the elders to come down to meet with them. In verse 18, he says, when they, or the uh, Acts says that when they arrived, he talked with them. Then Paul said this, he says, We will have many memories of our time together in Ephesus. But of all the memories, most of all, I want you to remember my way of life. From the first day I arrived in Asia, And by the way, Asia then is not the same as Asia now. In verse 19, he says, I served the Lord with humility and with tears, patiently enduring the many trials that came my way through the plots of my Jewish opponents. And so if I could just summarize a few things here. Paul was with the church in Ephesus for quite some time at this point. I, I, if I remember correctly, I believe it was two years. You can look that up for yourself. I may, I may it may be a little bit longer, um, or or slightly shorter. But he's asking the elders of that church community that that was planted there to come and join him, where he's at right now, because he's good. He's going to be moving on. He's going to be moving on to what he feels God is calling him to. But he pours out his heart, full of emotion, and he says, "We'll have." We will have many memories of our time together in Ephesus. And by the way, this is, of course, a major city in the Roman Empire. But of all the memories, most of all, I want you to remember my way of life. He's saying, look at me and the way that I've tried to be an example to you of 
following Jesus. From the first day I arrived, I served the Lord. And he goes on and talks about these, these qualities. And it's from these qualities today that I want to dissect. I want to dissect these qualities that he mentions in verse 19 that are qualities that we can take on in the leadership roles that we each have in our lives. Some of you guys might be wondering or thinking to yourself, like, hey, I'm not really a leader. I'm not a leader in the church. I'm not a leader in particular. Like, Does this relate to me? Well, I want to tell you that... that Almost every single one of us will be a leader at some point in some way. We're celebrating Father's Day right now. Fathers are leaders within their families. So fathers need to understand these leadership principles. They may be living many of these out already. You want to encourage them and and honor them for that. But there may be areas that we're deficient in. And there's always areas that we can improve on as fathers. It could be that you're a leader at your work. You're a team leader, you're a supervisor, you're a manager, you're a CEO, whatever it might be. It could be that you don't even have an official role as a leader, but people look to you as a leader within your company. It could be that on your team, your sports team that you play on, that you are a leader, that you are someone of influence. It could be that on your social media, you're an influencer. A leader simply is someone who influences others You lead them towards a certain way. And so if you're an influencer in some way online, you are leading people. And so you can take on and identify some of these qualities that God wants to speak to us about and adopt them and adapt them to your life. It could be that you're a leader amongst your friends. It could be that you're a leader in a particular group of people that you belong to. It could be your friend group. It could be a gaming group. It could be be a book club. It could be a dance group. It could be whatever group that you happen to be a part of. It could be it could be that in your family that as your parents age and as you come to maturity that you beca- you begin to take on more and more of a leadership role within your family. Whatever it might be, there's parts of our lives, times in our lives where we are a leader. We might be we might be involved in the strata council of our strata. It could be that we're involved um in politics within the city or within your, your province or state or country or whatever it might be, you have opportunities to exercise leadership. All right? It could be you're a mom. It could be you're a big brother or a big sister. It could be that you babysit. It could be that you work with children. It could, you have opportunities to exercise leadership. It could be that you're a coach. So many of us have opportunities to exercise leadership. And so right now, as we head into Acts 19, I have, I have a few things I want to point out from this um, that are perfect examples for us from the Apostle Paul in his life. And the first one is this, is that he calls himself a servant. You know, the big thing that is a difference in leadership between, uh, between the majority of how the world leads and what it means to be a Christ-like leader is that we follow the example ultimately of Jesus, just as Paul did. Paul wanted us to follow his lead, as he followed the lead of Jesus. And Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, but he came to also as a servant. He came to serve us. Can you imagine, like the God of the universe came to serve us? And he demonstrated Christ-like servanthood. That's why when the, when the disciples were arguing, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God? Jesus just picked up the towel and the basin, and he assumed the role of a servant or a slave in those days, 
that would wash the dusty, yucky, dry feet of guests. And so he began to wash the disciples' feet, and they were so they were so freaking uncomfortable with that because my rabbi, my leader, my the, my teacher is washing my feet. He's going, he's stooping down so low to do that. It's not, it wasn't an offensive thing, but it was just so uncomfortable for them. And he was demonstrating servant leadership, Christ-like servanthood. And Paul calls us to that indirectly with his model as he asks us to look to his life. And so in verse 19, the first thing he said is that I served the Lord. He served the Lord. Some of you guys are serving as volunteers within our church community. Or you might serve as a volunteer at a senior's home or at a soup kitchen or whatever it might be, but you are serving in some way. I want you to know that if you are serving the Lord in some way, whether it's it's in, in, within the church or outside of the church, this is what Paul was doing. And this is what Paul Paul's example points us to. It's serving the Lord. When we serve other people, we're serving the Lord. We're serving Jesus. There's, there's two words in the New Testament Greek. Most of the New Testament was written in Greek. But this is, there's two words for this idea of servant. And I'll go into those in a moment. But one of the most important character traits when it comes to Christian leadership is this idea of servanthood. I remember back at when More Than 12 was at the Wise Hall, this community hall. I remember there was a, a DJ that came and visited our community, eventually made it home at some point. But the first time that he and his wife came, at the end of the service, he said, what can I do to help? What can I, what, what can I do to, to, to help? Basically, he was asking, what can I help put away or close down? And he said, so he said, what can I do to help? Put me to work. Put me to work like, like he's my employee or something like that, like a servant. And I thought, man, this is godly character. This is Christ-like servanthood. That's what that means. I also, I remember back in my Bible college days, we had a leadership and management course. And as I headed into that course, there was a, a textbook that we were meant to read, and it talked about biblical management. I can't remember the title of it, but it described that biblical leadership is this act of serving people so that they can accomplish their roles in a more effective way. You're serving them, helping them to 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 execute their, their purpose, to live out their purpose perhaps in a, in a better way. It's not that you're ruling over them, it's that you're under them for pushing them upwards, helping them to be the best that they can be. And this is what Paul was doing. He was a servant of the Lord as he served other people. And so there was two words, for, there's two words in, in the Greek for servant, at least two words. One of them um, is the word diakonos. I don't know if it sounds familiar to you because it's related to the word deacon. It's the idea, you know, that in, in some churches there's, there's the minister or the pastor and then there's deacons. But the word minister, the idea of minister is built into that word a deacon. The deacons are actually the ones who are the ministers and it means actually a servant. They, they serve, they minister. And actually if in your government, if you have a minister of education and minister of the environment, they're meant to serve the, gen, the the citizens. They're a minister. They're meant to serve. It's they're a servant. They're a public servant. And so, to be a leader in the in 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 the idea of of of, of Christianity, to be a servant in the way that Paul was, is to be a servant, to be a diaconos, to be a minister. 
And he talks to he, Paul referred to himself many times in his ministry in that particular way. In 1 Corinthians 3, 5 to 6, he called himself a diakonos or a servant. In 2 Corinthians, the next, the next book, in chapter 3, verse 6, he talked about ministers. He talked about in chapter 6, verse 4, chapter 11, verse 23, in the letter he wrote to Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 7, in the letter he wrote to the Colossians in chapter 1, verse 23 and 25, he often referred to himself as diakonos. Now, this, the second word for servant is doulos. I don't know if that sounds familiar to you in some way. But when my wife and I, when we were having, um, I can't remember if we did this for our first child, but we did it for our second child, Lucas. We had a doula. A doula. And basically, if you don't know what a doula is, a doula is a, a, female, sir, a female helper or servant in a sense that helps the woman with her birth. It's a female helper who helps a woman. And doulos is related to that word. It's a servant. And Paul used that that word for a servant in Romans 1, verse 1, Galatians 1, verse 10, in Philippians 1, 1, in Titus 1, 1. And, and he referred to himself as this idea of doulos, another word for servant. So often he referred to himself as a servant. He didn't say, look to me, I am the apostle Paul, I say this, and and I rule over you in this way, and I forbid you to do this. And no, he came as a servant, as a as a servant to serve people and uplift them, so they can live out their purpose, the purpose that God gave them. So the first quality, the first trait of a Christ-like leader is a servant. You can do that in your workplace. You could do that in your family. You can do that on your team. You could do that in your group. Be a servant to people. Be interested in them. Propel them. Lift them up. And as you lift them up, you can also lift them up in prayer. That's servant. The second one, the second quality that Paul talks about is this idea of humility. Humility doesn't mean humiliated. It has the idea of being humble. I don't know when you think of the Apostle Paul or St. Paul, do you think of humble? He was someone who was humble. If he wasn't so humble, he might be thinking, like, why the, why the hell are you, got you guys treating me this way? Why are you not honoring me in this way? Why are you arguing against me? He had so many Jewish opponents that were always, um, that were always opposing him, that were always against him, and that wanted to incite violence against him. But because he was humble... He didn't have a reaction in the way that I just described. He had this humility. He had this humility. He didn't think his life was was all that, that it was worth all this, and, and that, that, that he is, as an apostle is, is this big, huge guy, this huge guy that you should, that you should just, that, that, that he's demanding your respect. He, he was humble. He had humility and are related to that servanthood that he has. The Christ-like servant leadership that he had. It's humility. I love it that God says this. He goes, I oppose. It says, God, the scripture says, God opposes the proud. But he gives, gives, he gives grace to those who are humble. And so the challenge for us is to always be humble. And one of the challenges with with humility and being humble is that the the more you think you're good at it the more you, 
you are getting <laughs> proud. You're getting less humble. And so, you know, sometimes, sometimes I joke around and talk about how I'm, I'm the best at being humble. There's no such thing. You can't. You, you, should, you would never boast about being the best at being humble. In the kingdom of God, leaders should not be that way. You should be humble. Some of the things that you do for other people should never go mentioned. Some of the things that you do for people, people will never thank you for. Some of the things that you pray for people, some of the times that you pray for people, people never will know. That's a part of being humble. And what you do in your humility here on earth will be, will be rewarded by Jesus, the ultimate servant leader in eternity. Be humble. The next thing we see from Paul, and I was, in a sense, I was surprised as I went through this because I never saw it before like this, but he was emotionally invested in the people that he was serving. He said, I, I serve the Lord with humility and tears. He served the Lord with tears because at times he's weeping because there's people that don't know Jesus yet. There's one scripture, I should have I should have made a note about it and, and read it right here, but you can try to search for it. There's one scripture that I don't even remember reading before in the past. It talked about that Paul would rather be lost, spiritually lost, if someone else could be spiritually saved. It's, it's not exactly that wording, but he cared so much for people's well-being, people's salvation, that he often wept. He wept for those who were fallen away. He weeped for those that he wanted to see grow in Christ. Those words, those ideas, that picture of Paul stands in stark contrast with what Jesus said. He says, in the last days, or in the end, the love of many will grow cold. Where does your heart, your emotions, stand when it comes to those that are around you? that you can serve? Are you emotionally invested in them? Do you care about them? Do you love them even with your emotions? I know agape is not about emotions, agape love. But do you have brotherly love, sisterly love for those that are around you, that you serve? When you're serving, when you're serving involved in the service, when you're serving involved in the Bible backgrounds, when you're serving involved in, in putting together the community socials, when you're praying for people, are you emotionally invested because you love these people? And if you're not, ask Jesus to tenderize your heart so your love doesn't grow cold, so that you can love the people and be emotionally invested in those that are around you. This is the third quality that Paul demonstrates as a leader, a Christ-like leader. Be emotionally invested. The next thing that we see here with Paul, it says he patiently endured the many trials that came my way through the plots of my Jewish opponents. He even served people and told them about Christ when he had so much opposition. People that hated his guts, people that wanted to see him destroyed, people who wanted to see him killed. As you track along in Acts as we go, there's people who wanted to take his life that were that were that were working together to destroy him, just like how he used to try to destroy Christians. 
They hated him. But even though they hated him, he still opened his mouth. He still walked the walk. He still went to serve. He was still a servant, a Christ-like servant to those that he was emotionally invested into and that he served. He patiently endured. Some of us at first first sign of something that's difficult will complain. First sign of something that's difficult will take off. First sign of something difficult will give up. But Paul demonstrates for us a part of being a leader is to patiently endure. To endure. That's long suffering. To be able to suffer through it. To accomplish your mission. To accomplish the love that God's placed in your heart for the people that you serve. He went through so many trials. So many trials. But he still had to do it. And you read that later on in the chapter. He had to accomplish his mission that Jesus gave him. To go and tell people, whether they're Jewish or they're non-Jews, the truth about who Jesus is. He served them in that way. Patiently enduring. And so as we come to a close Remember these attributes as a leader, whether you're a father, whether you're an employee, whether you're a manager or you're a CEO or you're an owner or an entrepreneur or you're a student or you're a brother or you're a sister or you're a friend. Remember what that's like, not just for you, but for the people around you, the ones that lead you, that you recognize these leadership, these leadership attributes. And I encourage you, go and encourage people. Say, Dad, I see humility in you. Dad, I see this quality in you as a leader. I see this quality in you as a leader, that you've endured so many trials for us. See, go and encourage your supervisor, your team leader, go encourage your teacher, go and encourage whoever it might be that has been a servant leader in you. Tell them that, hey, I believe in Jesus. And even though you may not I have no idea if you believe in Jesus though either I mean I don't know if I don't know if you believe in Jesus at all but I see this Christ-like leadership in you and coming from me that means the biggest thing because I hold Christ this high go and encourage them give them a compliment uplift them recognize the leadership that's around you in addition to the leadership within you all right so let me close and pray for us Heavenly Father Thank you, thank you for today's message. Thank you for the example of Paul, his Christ-like leadership. Thank you for the example of Jesus as the ultimate leader. We thank you for them, and we want to be more like them. Help us to be like that as fathers, as employees, as brothers, sisters, coaches, mentors, teachers, and wherever it might be, so that we can be better leaders as we influence other people around us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen.